The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. Mirrodin Besieged is coming soon, and StarCityGames.com is your source for boxes, cases, fat packs, intro packs, complete sets, and singles. Head on over to StarCityGames.com and pre-order Mirrodin Besieged today. Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 51 of Yo MTG Taps. Happy New Year. I'm Joey Pasco. And I'm Big Head Joe on attempt number 4,922 to quit smoking. Yeah, good luck with that. Is that your New Year's resolution? No, it just happened to fall around the same time as New Year's, so... Good call. So, uh, we've got a faction-packed episode for you today. Oh my uh, god, that's the corniest <laughs> thing you've ever said! It's the what? <laughs> That's the corniest thing you've ever said. We're setting the bar even higher now, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to go over some of the Mirrodin and Besieged spoilers that we've uh, that we've seen, even though there's only a few of them so far. And uh, we're going to talk a bit about the upcoming PTQ season, which is extended. Um, and then we've got a couple other odds and ends to mention. First of all, there was some exciting news announced yesterday. Oh, wow. What was it? It was uh, SCG Live, which... Uh, hmm. There, there was a countdown site up. It went up last week at scglive.com, and it was just counting down until January 3rd, which was yesterday. And uh, basically they announced uh, Star City Games is now partnering with GG's Live to cover all the Star City Games open events this year. And uh, they've got a, a an elite team of commentators, um, including the, the hosts of Yo! MTG Taps. You heard it here first. We're elite. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but seriously, we uh, we we've known about this for a while, and we are super oh excited to do this. God, it's we've been known it for so hard to keep it a secret. I've had to literally lie so many times. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, oh my god, I gotta keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, it's so it was so difficult to just not talk about it because we were so excited about it, and still, I'm like so excited. Um, as far as the events that we're each doing, um, they're kind of doing a, a mix and match thing um, where uh, we're doing a couple of events together and we're doing a couple of events separately. So um, I'll be at San Jose uh, in the middle of January and then both of us are doing D.C. at the end of February. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us do Memphis um, and then I'm in Boston. Uh, well, before that, I'm out in Dallas. Right. You're in Dallas. Uh, I'm in Boston. You're in Charlotte. And we're both doing the Orlando uh, event. So um, if you're coming to any of those events, you'll see one or both of us. How did how did we get so lucky? I don't know. Like, yeah, it's it's really been like such a cool, like an amazing ride this past year. And I mean, we're still on it. That's that's yeah. the craziest thing. So this is fantastic. We're super excited. Um, so we'll see you guys there. I hope everybody makes it out. Like everybody that listens makes it out to all of these events, I hope. Literally every single person, exactly. please. So one of the other uh, more interesting things from this past week has been um, the Maniscrude Awards for 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the Maniscrude podcast, they decided to kind of do this. This is something that has not really been around at all for Magic. And um, I know they, they started it off as kind of a fun thing they were doing internally. And uh, they kind of expanded it and let some other people uh, have some input. And, um, you know, the results weren't perfect. You know, as far as the categories are concerned and, and maybe some of the nominees and some of the things that maybe were 
omitted from being nominated, but it is something to build on. It was, uh, as far as I, I understand, uh, it was a lot more popular or they got a lot more feedback than they expected. But, right. um, but it was exciting. And what they did, they reached out to us, uh, and then their fellow podcasters to present an award. So, um, if you haven't heard it, check that out. We did a segment presenting uh, interview of the year and uh, best magic Twitter personality of the year. And uh, we were nominated for a couple of awards as well. So uh, the the coolest one I think that we're uh, most flattered by would be that we were within 1% of winning podcast of the year. Uh, it's a difference of five votes between us and Monday Night Magic. So That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, That's crazy. Limited Resources was also up there. Mm-hmm. So uh, – Wow! All deserve, all deserving. Yeah, we're know? we're in some amazing company. Yeah, uh, so that was—I mean—that was a lot of fun. Um, next year they have, uh, you know, like bigger plans for doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Doing it a little more proper, um, which is pretty cool. As far as like, I think what they need to do, and and they may already have this, uh, have already decided on this kind of thing, but some of the uh, some of the categories were like card of the year and like. Uh, best color and things like that. And I think they should just skip all the things that are awarding cards. They need, if they're going to be awarding, um, if they're going to make this a thing, I think they need to just target the people that do these. So if they want to say like uh, writer of the year or best strategy writer, best financial writer, best whatever, like those actually go to people. I mean, Jace, the mind sculptor can't come up and accept an award or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't see right. Academy awards, uh, you know, best, character of the year you know like it's it's the actors you know it's the people behind it that that's the other thing they said they're going to tighten up the um they're going to tighten up the categories next year too yeah like they're going to give people a chance to like decide on categories and then to and then give people a chance to vote or like people to pick who they want nominated right i just but uh i think you know the nominees need to be able to appreciate winning i guess that's that's what i want to say like so if Jace the Mind Sculptor wins card of the year, obviously he can't appreciate winning because he's a card. He's a character. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, like I think all the nominees should be people or teams of people or websites right. that are you know, created by, by people, things like that. Um, right. That's all some constructive feedback that we can uh, – Mentioned for Mana Screwed, but yeah, check that out. It's uh, it's available on MTG Cast. It's on uh, manascrewedpodcast.com. So one of the things recently, um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with uh, with Patrick and Jerry on the show about Time Spiral being unbanned um, the same day that Survival of the Fittest was banned. Um, when this sort of thing happens, usually what happens is there's a run on on whatever card was unbanned. Uh, it happened with Grim Monolith a few months ago. Um, but basically, Time Spiral becomes unbanned, and all the legacy players want to grab copies of it, um, and all the speculators, because now this card, which is probably pretty close to dirt cheap because it wasn't legal in in most formats, um, is now legal again in Legacy. So a bunch of people went online and snapped up a, co- a bunch of copies of Time Spiral. Uh, and there has been so much talk about vendors not honoring their sales. People getting emails saying, sorry, we're sold out, or sorry, there was an error. And uh, we talked about this way back 
in the summer uh, or the spring, sometime around when Avenger of Zendikar uh, showed up in Turboland after mm-hmm. Ali and Trazi won the uh, or, or, or top aided the Star City event uh, at the time, and um, you know that happened to me with Avenger of Zendikar, um, where I had had ordered four copies and then was told, "Sorry, we're, we're sold out," and suddenly the card's twelve dollars. You know, when I had ordered it for three fifty or whatever it was, so uh, I think this is ridiculous. And I think, I mean, Kelly Reed on Quiet Speculation had a hall of shame where people right. were kind of reporting these kind of things. Uh, that's one good reason to buy from a reputable vendor such as Star City Games. Star City Games honored every one of their sales at the price that was listed on the site. You know, at the time. Of the sale, so, and and I've heard I, I think some vendors complaining like, well, I can't keep up with changing the prices that quickly, you know, w- and keep up with all these events. Well, you know, that's not the buyer's fault, right? It's, it's ridiculous. That's like, you know, I'm sorry, I own a store, but I can't be responsible for setting the correct prices. I don't really ever order cards online. So like, I've never had this happen to me personally. Um, but I do, you know, I, I do work for a, for a physical store, you know, and for a while we had a little online store going on and, um, it was a very small, very modest online store. And we didn't update the prices as frequently as I would have liked, but we updated them pretty frequently I mean, you can never figure out what a card's going to be worth. You're never going to be able to find the peak of a card's value and only sell it at that specific second. You know, I think we sold two Jaces on there for like 60 bucks each. You know what I mean? Right. And that was like, when that was a fairly reasonable price. And then they jumped to 90 and I was like, for a second I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. But like, so what? Right. It's, the prices change. This is the business that you're in, if you're, mm-hmm. a, you're a vendor. Um, prices can drop just as significantly, um, and you can laugh when you're like, hey, I just sold a whole bunch of Ravnica Dual Lands, and then a week later, they uh, they cut them out of Extended, and they all dropped in price. And You know what I mean? Like, it, it goes both ways, and it right. just it makes me furious to these hear vendors. these yeah, kind these, of things. It, the, like... Can we all, like, since they can reject the sales, can we all return all the Vencers people bought for 50 bucks each? Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, right. Like, can hey. we return all the ones that you made money off of? Like, oh, hey, Elspeth's 15 bucks each, you know, but you were selling them at 50 and people straight bought them. Can we send them all back to you? Oh, you're not going to take them? Why? Right. You know, it works the other way. How come it doesn't work both ways? It's right. like things things go both ways, you know? If you set your prices at a certain price and the price is lower than, you know, whatever people have them at, people are going to buy them from you. That's called competition. It's a simple thing, you know? Like you, you have to – there's a fine line, I guess, between like ripping yourself off, quote unquote, and selling something cheaper than everyone else. Like, oh, God forbid everyone shops with you as opposed to the other stores because you have it cheaper. Isn't that, like, what most business wants? Like, don't they want to have the low price so people will buy from them? Don't you want money streaming in and out of your your business? Like, don't you want that? 
it seems like with the online like vendors um in like just in general it seems like the business logic is exactly backwards or there is absolutely none you yeah. know like if you're selling a freaking uh rockaware shirt right on a like a on like Macy's for like $35 and then someone else like Hex is selling it for like $30. And then since I'm going old school, Caldor is selling it for $25, right? <laughs> um, like, don't you think, like, aren't you going to buy it from Caldor? Like, is Caldor going to go, crap, we could have made 10 extra bucks on all of those. Like, no, they're not. They're going to go, look what we did. We got one over on Macy's and Hex. <laughs> no, but it's true, though. I mean, it's it's actually a valid point. As far as having a good business practices, like this is the exact opposite. Like you're screwing your customers and people are not going to want to deal with you. Uh, I don't care if it's in their policies page that they say if you order from you know, this version of our site, the inventory may not be correct. Well, I'm sorry. Correct your inventory. Now you know what you did. You lost a customer. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not buying from you anymore. They're going to say, well, it's in our policy. Well, you have a bad policy. Anyway. I hope all the vendors who decided not to honor their sales for Time Spiral start seeing the uh, the repercussions of their own uh, business practices. That's that's all I hope. On to some mirrored and besieged spoilers. Yes, right, I told you this episode was faction packed. Yeah, <laughs> um, we don't have too many right now. It looks like we've only got seven. Um, out of the 155 cards that are in the set. but um, And we have talked a little bit about a few of them. We've mentioned Pierce Strider and Peace Strider. And we talked about the Phyrexian Crusader and the Mirren Crusader. But uh, since then, we've been uh, we've been given Hero of Bladehold. Which, Ugh. Which, what, what, is, that a, is that a negative? That's an awesome... Okay. Me and, uh, me and uh, Travis have already been brewing decks for that thing like crazy. Like... Well, let's tell them what it is if they haven't seen. It's a uh, it's a 3-4 creature human knight for white, white, 2. It's a mythic rare, and it's got the keyword battle cry. Whenever this creature attacks, each other attacking creature gets plus 1, plus 0 until end of turn. Whenever Hero of Bladehold attacks, put two 1-1 one, one white soldier creature tokens onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. So uh, he's got two triggers when you know when you declare an attack so you need to make sure to stack the triggers right uh essentially you want to stack them in the order of the way they're listed on the card you want to stack battle cry then stack the uh the put the two tokens onto the battlefield tapped and attacking because that way you get the tokens that part resolves then the battle cry resolves and the tokens are now two ones tapped and attacking right um you know what was it uh i think dave from o2 drop tweeted something about the uh about people getting their triggers stacked wrong with Hero of Bladehold and how kind of hilarious that's going to be. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Demigod of Revenge triggers with the uh, counter it, oh, okay, <laughs> and then it comes back. Yeah. But um, but this one's a, l- a little little more forgiving here, I think. This is an interesting creature. It's a 3-4 for 4, uh, which isn't terrible, but it's not great because people are playing Jace the Mind Sculptors for 4 mana now. Um I, I think it's it's a solid card. Cloud Goat Ranger. It reminds you a little bit of Cloud Goat Ranger, yeah. But um But it's a Cloud Goat Ranger that can keep doing as long as you can keep turning him sideways. Right. You know, you don't have like uh um you don't have like momentary blink or whatever. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like you still have uh you know, just you can attack with him. 
Right. I mean, basically, you have to play it. It doesn't have haste, but the next turn, you're attacking with seven power worth of creatures if you do it right, you know, barring any other creatures that you may have. Right. Um, because it, it doesn't – the battle cry uh, boost doesn't apply to Hero of Bladehold. It's just other attacking creatures. Right. Get the plus one. So it's actually reverse exalted, kind of. Oh, wow. That's funny. <laughs> I was kind of thinking about that earlier. Um, but this is also one of the pre-release cards, um, and it depends on what which uh, faction you choose, which pre-release card you get. So Hero of Bladehold is the Mirren faction, if you choose to go with that. And then the Phyrexian faction's uh, pre-release promo is Glissa the Traitor. You want to read this one? Sure. The Glitz of the Traitor uh, costs two green and a black. A legendary creature, Zombie Elf. First Strike, Death Touch, Mythic Rare. Whenever a creature an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand, and it's a 3-3. Three, three. I'm, I'm actually more excited about Glissa than, really? uh, than Hero of Bladehold. I think the bonus ability is just that it's like icing on the cake i see the three three first strike death touch and it's like that first strike and death touch together is just such a ridiculous ability because you don't you don't want to block right she's gonna just kill anything that blocks unless that that particular thing can somehow prevent damage like has pro black or pro green um but you know you're you swing with her or you know leave her back to block whatever and she's gonna survive because of the first strike death touch unless you're attacking into or blocking another first strike creature obviously but i just i'm really i'm kind of focusing a lot on that first strike death touch part and uh to me that just means she's gonna be getting in for three pretty often because obviously your opponent doesn't want to lose a creature uh to block but at the same time if they decide to do that even if they chump block with like hero of blade hold token soldier tokens or whatever, you know, uh, right. even if they chump block now, suddenly you're bringing artifacts back. Now, I don't know if there's going to be, um, you know, an, an artifact heavy deck that is also black green, but you know, even if it's just got a couple of artifacts in there, a couple of useful artifacts, I mean, you're getting uh, some pretty good card advantage there. I mean, I think just about the black and green replicas and how they could be pretty relevant, especially the green replica. What does that one do again? That's the one that's destroy target artifact or enchantment. Yeah, so you can use it and then just you know use it over and over again. I think the um, the big one that I've seen people mentioning for extended, obviously, is uh, executioner's capsule. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, that's a good one too. I mean, that's a wow. ter- terror on a on a stick. Not really. What about? Stick, but. Uh, I mean, what about like uh, the fact that. If you're destroying an artifact creature with the um, with the replica, you get an artifact back. <laughs> what do you mean? Like- so like, okay, so let's say you're playing against artifact creatures, right? Uh-huh. And you have a Glissa the Trader out and a Silvok replica. I think it's Silvok. Yeah, um, sounds right. Sacrifice a Silvok replica to destroy an artifact creature. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice is part of the cost, and then Glissa's ability get, goes on the stack. You get back Silvok replica. Oh right, right, right. Because you, yeah, that's a that's good point. I, I wasn't awesome. even. I mean, it has to. <laughs> it has to be artifact creatures, but damn, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a really good point because you don't even need Glissa to attack in that case. I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, you're right. If she, uh, 
Yeah. You don't need you don't need her to attack ever. Right. She can just sit there and and if you're killing their artifact creatures or just killing their creatures, killing their creatures, you can get back artifacts. But yeah, if if it happens to be Silvok replica that you're using, that's, yeah, that's a pretty nice combo right there. But so I I think Glissa is pretty exciting. Now who knows what what we're actually going to see as far as uh, the decks that may support Glissa, but well, I think she's she's pretty exciting. And what I hope we see is a banning in Commander, because I just really don't like the idea of this card existing as a general. It's that kind of spiky general that would get you thinking about Commander. <laughs> right. The problem is she doesn't have any blue mana symbols. <laughs> That's true. It's you fine. just don't. You just don't like Commander that much. That's um, true. So Hero of Blade Hold, I'm really excited about this card. It fits right on the curve. You got Student of Warfare, you've got Honor of the Pure, you've got Knight Exemplar, and my advice, get your Knight Exemplars. I'm serious, because wow, they're like what, four bucks right now? I think they're actually they they've gotta be finally sold out on Star City. There were two left. Now they're sold out. They're still at four bucks on Star City, but they're completely sold out. They went from like thirty like a week ago to Not, none. They thirty in stock. Yes, to none. And um, so get them all you can because uh, I think they're going to shoot up. Um, yeah, same like with Steel Overseers. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm just saying that was what everybody said before Scars of Mirrodin came out. Like, ooh, it's an artifact set. Get your Steel Overseers. Like, Although yeah. I've I've found a combo that I'm very happy with with Steel Overseer. Yeah. Steel Overseer plus a Johnny Goldmane. Oh, my goodness. Like yeah, I've that's had, a little much. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but I used it multiple times at FNM. Like I'm running mono white artifacts and like – uh, I had Steel Overseer, and I'm like, I'll attack with two Steel Overseers with the Johnny Goldmane's ability, so they're vigilanced and countered. <laughs> That's and then I went, I'll then no blocks. I'll tap them both. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Take yeah, ten on turn four. Like, you know, it was like the most ridiculous thing. It was just so good. I just didn't even, I didn't even see the interaction between right. a Johnny Goldmane and Steel Overseer until I swung. Right. And I was yeah, like, that, that's pretty ridiculous. I was like, oh, yeah. I got real excited. I was like, I can't believe I can do this. But anyway, Mirren Crusader even. Mirren Crusader's a knight. Yeah. There's like a – There's a, a knight deck out there. but There's a real a real knight deck, not just a knight deck. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about it being real. We're going to find out soon. I think it's a real deck, dude. Like well, Mirren Crusader's strong as hell on its own. You know, Mirren Crusader's a strong card. Oh, no, I'm not saying it's not. But I'm not – I'm talking about the knight deck. I think I think it's real. I right. really do. I, I'm not. A, I don't have an opinion one way or another because I don't. I haven't thought too much about the knight deck, and I know there are a bunch of knights, but there were a bunch of allies too. And I don't really consider, even though allies was played in standard, I don't really feel like it was ever a real deck. Like it was just kind of like there on the sidelines, trying to like you know fill in on special teams a little bit, but that was it. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, like, with knights, knights are kind of spread out over a bunch of sets. Um, allies were, like, World Wake. Oh, no, they were in Zendikar, too, right? Yeah, Zendikar, World Wake, they were. But, I, I'm, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's going to be more knights. There still weren't enough real allies, though. These cards are all, like, real cards. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, they're all good creatures. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I think that they're all valid in terms of, like... So, what were you, yeah. you were saying there's a curve. You, you said... Um, so, yeah, so at one, you of warfare. Warfares, um, 
at two, you've got your, um, you know, you can level Student of Warfare up or you can play Honor of the Pure. Or Squadron Hawk, although that's not a knight, but it's a nice white weenie creature. Works well with Battlecry. Very true. Um, then you've at three, you've got Mirror and Crusaders. You've got um, the Knight Exemplar, which only costs three, remember. Mm-hmm. Um, then at four, you've got Hero of Bladehold. It just seems like a really strong deck. And you've you know, and if you want to even take it to the next level, you had a five. You've got um, uh, Eldrazi Monument, but um, I don't know. It just seems like it could. It's the basis of a really strong deck. I don't know. Um, yeah, it seems to me like I mean, obviously this is uh, magical Christmas land, kind of from both ends. Sure, I mean, you sure. go, you want to go, student of warfare into two drop, whether it's honor or the pure or a creature, or you level the student and then three drop. You know, uh, what is it, knight exemplar, which I forgot what it does. So pumps knights and makes them indestructible. Okay, then that that's actually relevant because I was going to say like if you you just play right into a day of judgment. You know, I, I forgot the Knight Exemplar made them indestructible. That's what right, I. Was... That's the re- only reason why it's a real card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would it would not be a real card at all if it didn't. It's only other knights now. So right. so th- th- yeah, I mean, there's the thing. It's kind of like obviously a control deck is playing some cards too. Hopefully, not just right. or, or they've got cards in their hand to use. You know, so I will mana leak your Knight Exemplar and then. Right. You know, let you pl- sure. let you play your hero of blade hold and then well, wrath or or whatever. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I understand that. I mean, we're we're, we're having the general control versus aggro argument right now. Right. Um, what was the the freaking cat from Kemba? God, no. <laughs> you, you said the cat from, and you never finished. So Kemba um, is from uh, shards block that you sacrifice to make stuff indestructible. You mean Dauntless Escort? Dauntless Escort. Oh, was you that threw a- me off when you said cat. Was he a cat? No, it was a, like a freaking rhino or something. It was an elephant. Dauntless Escort. It was a uh, rhino okay. soldier. He was. A, he wasn't a knight either, but he was a soldier. Okay, but still, I mean, that was a real card. Oh yeah, I, that was a good. I mean, that was actually played. Right. Um, yeah, you traded your your uh, escort for a wrath, and that's that's right. great. But um. But it works the same way with the knights, you know. Um, Dauntless didn't really do anything other than that. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? Like, there was no synergy between Dauntless Escort and anything else. It doesn't even have Exalted. I feel like Knight functions in the same way. Uh, yeah, but the, the thing with that is if I, if I try to uh, Doomblade your Dauntless Escort, you just sack it and your creatures are indestructible. But if I just try to Doomblade your Knight, it's you don't have the option to make your creatures indestructible because now your knight's dead. You know what I mean? Like you can't like sacrifice it in response to get that indestructibility. You That's know, a good point. No, it's a very good point. I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna it's gonna be it, it's just a pushover, but I mean, it's uh, I feel like it's not such a difficult thing to deal with. I mean, basically, if you hit your curve, all I need to do is hit a mana leak and a day of judgment, um, and right. then and, and and mana. And you could, I'm set up because if I just mana leak your your knight, even if you follow up a wrath with hero of blade hold, well, cool. So you have your hero, and then I drop Jace and bounce your hero, and now you know I'm in a great position right here because you have an empty board. And if you go ahead and replay your hero, I can just keep bouncing it with Jace. You know what I mean? Like, 
uh, again, we're in the same argument. Like you could yeah. replace these random knights that we're naming with any aggro creatures. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's true. We're, we're having the same argument. I but mean, that's like, why haste is so good, and that's and things like that. But yeah, aggro decks. I mean, you know, aggro versus control is a is a matchup that we're going to see for the rest of our lives, and yeah. that's fine. You know, I mean, like no, it's cool. but it, it's fine. but I mean, there are some. I don't know. I think there's some potential there, though. It's just something I think there's a lot of potential for. Yeah, I, um, I guess I can, I can see the potential, but I don't know if I, see, I don't know if I'm behind it as much as you are. And I, I feel like, what was the card you compared Hero of Bladehold to, right off the bat? Cloud Goat Ranger. Now the difference between Cloud Goat Ranger and Hero of Bladehold is Cloud Goat enters the battlefield with the soldier tokens. That's so true. That's what I'm saying. So it's suddenly it's a threat because you've got four creatures. On the on the battlefield, you know, for one spell, right? So the hero of Bladehold has to attack, right? Um, and so that's that's pretty relevant. It's basically it's not, I don't think it's as good as Cloud Goat Ranger, right? Um, yes, it can repeatedly do it. So if if you get to keep attacking with the hero of Bladehold, I think it can get out of hand a lot quicker. But it's a lot more vulnerable to something like spot removal. Right. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't entirely disagree with you, but I mean, like it's, I mean, it's just as easy. Um, you know, there, there are totally ways around it. Um, I mean, you could always just, uh, what is it? You could always just play emblem of the war mind. You could use it in extended and then you could play emblem of the war mind on it. As soon as you played it in a red, white aggro deck, and then your creatures would have haste. Very good. <laughs> Except that's in Time Spiral, and it's not an extended. Future Sight. Future, well, that's what I mean. Uh, time Spiral. Oh, Future Sight's not in... That's all right. I'll run it in Legacy. <laughs> there you go. So we do have another spoiler. Speaking of a stretch, yeah. uh, we have Thopter Assembly. What do you think of this card? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not that impressed. It's, it's neat. It's interesting. But, I mean, it costs six, which is obviously the same amount as these incredible Titans that we've had. For the past few months, and I don't know if it lives up to a Titan. Uh, let's let's say what it is. It's a five-five artifact creature, Thopter. It's a rare, and it's flying. So five-five flyer, pretty good. Cost six. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control no Thopters other than Thopter Assembly, return Thopter Assembly to its owner's hand and put five one-one colorless Thopter artifact creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield. So. Okay, so let me get this right. You you have to pay six for it, and it needs to resolve, obviously. So you have a 5-5 five, five flyer. Not, right. Not haste or anything. Right. Uh, you pass the turn, and then they pass the turn, and now your upkeep, your Thopter Assembly comes back, and you've got five 1-1 uh, one, one flyers, which it, it seems like – I mean, is that worth it? Paying six mana, waiting a turn to get some 1-1 one, one Thopters? Now, now – it, it gets better because you can play the five five flyer again. You know, spending another whole turn to drop a five five flyer, uh, which now will stick around, assuming they don't pyroclasm or something. Right. Um, it, it gets better, but I mean, you have to play it twice and kind of use up two turns to really have it be worth anything. I mean, five one one flyers isn't terrible, but I don't know. It seems like kind of a stretch to me. Um, you know what I'm looking at it as. What's that? An infinite combo with um, with uh, time sieve. Yeah, people are talking about it in extended now. In extended right. with time sieve, I think it is abusable. Um, I 
I'm usually referring to standard when I'm talking about of my course, opinions, of course. right? But yeah, in extended with time sieve, I think that's a completely different story. Yeah. I don't see any, I mean, as of right now with seven cards spoiled from this set, I don't see many applications for it in standard. But yeah, but we, we have a lot of cards still left to be spoiled. Exactly. By the way, this is the this is the promo for the release events. Right, but this is the Mirren faction promo. Is there one for Phyrexia, or is it just going to all be Mirren? I believe it's all Mirren. Uh, it's actually on the Mothership today. Mirrored and Besieged promo cards. Hero of Blade Hold is the Mirren faction uh, for pre-release. Glissa is the Phyrexian faction for the pre-release. And then... Um, the Thopter Assembly is the Mirrored and Besieged launch party promo on February 4th. So, Doesn't that it. make you feel like Mirrored and Pure is just going to be the third set? Really? No, see, I, I actually wondered if uh, New Phyrexia is going to be the third set because this is giving you the the Mirren, uh, Mirren thing for the launch party, a, a Mirren card for the launch mm, party. That's a and good then, point. For new Phyrexia, it's going to be all Phyrexia. Um, I hope so. I, I think when uh, when I believe it was either announced or it, w- it was kind of discussed on Twitter about the third set, is it going to be Mirrodin Pure or New Phyrexia? Overwhelming majority of uh, response that I saw on Twitter was everybody wants New Phyrexia. In fact, I can't think I, – I don't remember seeing even one person saying they wanted Mirrodin Pure. Right. So uh, I certainly am more excited about something like New Phyrexia because I feel like that's something that can carry over into the next block. Like Phyrexia was the villain for for magic for years. Um, and the the villain kind of evolved over time from, you know, Yawgmoth and uh, Volrath and, and things like that. There was the whole in- Phyrexian invasion. I mean, Phyrexia was the big villain. And to know that Phyrexia is back here in, in Mirrodin Besieged, and then to, to just be, like, quelled by the Mirren faction uh, during this block, and then we got to wait again for Phyrexia to come back, I, I kind of, one, I don't expect it, and two, if that's the case, I don't really like that. I think I think it's great, you know, it's not, uh, you know, magic is not, oh, hopefully, fingers crossed, not ending with the third set in the Scars of Mirrodin block, so we can have a block end on a... Uh, uh, with kind of like a looming villain to go into the next block, I think there's. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know we need to have a happy ending at the end of the block, right? So uh, that's just my opinion, and I feel like that would be my reasoning, my logic behind thinking that New Phyrexia is going to beat the third set. Yeah, I'm personally a big fan of looming villains. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about extended. Yes, I like it. All right, so do, do you want to start, or do you want me to go on my rant? <laughs> I want to hear I – I don't know what your rant's about, so I would love to hear your rant first before we uh, get into this. Okay. I have absolutely no interest in Extended right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Um, I know it's the PTQ season coming up, but I made this analogy on Twitter like a month and a half ago or maybe a month ago or whatever. But I feel like new Extended is like – Getting off of work and hopping into a time machine to go back to lunchtime. <laughs> lunchtime's great and all, but you really—it's going to be great for like a little while, and then you got to go right back to work. It's like, oh, I got to go to work again. Like, <laughs> I'm just kind of like this. 
that's I mean that's my opinion. Like I don't have I'm hearing about these decks and it's like uh Jund and Fairies and Cruel Control and uh, you know, elves and red deck wins and um mythic conscription and uh you know, I'm just kinda like Really? Didn't we just weren't most of these decks isn't this what we were just playing like a couple months ago? We, you know, we just got the format refreshed and we're like, all right, Scars of Mirrodin, cool new format, and oh, I'm gonna play Mythic Conscription again. You know, I'm gonna play Jund again. I mean, I know we can update these with some cards, but like, here's a Vengevine Naya list. I mean, I said to you earlier, like, isn't this just what I played at at Grand Prix DC? Um, yeah, I, I feel like because of the updates to Extended, I'm just not as excited about it. It, the part of to me part of the fun of playing older formats is to play with cards I haven't played with in years and years, and having the format be such a small contained format while that in particular doesn't bother me, it just feels to me like well, we can now play some last year's standard decks in extended along with some of this year's standard decks. If there were some decks, which I'm sure because this season's fresh. At the moment, um, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of new decks, like completely new archetypes showing up. And at that point, my excitement will likely change. My excitement level may change. But at the moment, I'm just saying I don't really have much interest in Extended because I'm like, five-color control? Yeah, I have that under my bed, like in a shoebox from Standard when, you know, when it was legal. And Fairies, same thing. Like, yes, I can put Jace the Mind Sculptor in my deck now. But does that really change the deck that much? Um, and I love fairies. Fairies is one of my favorite decks. Um, but I'm just saying, for me, I'm kind of not really interested because I just feel like it's a rerun. It's like, right. You know, it's like, hey, hey, you know, it's like when you're watching a TV series and you're like, all right, I'm looking forward to my favorite show. And you sit down and it's the episode you just saw like a month ago. And you're like, oh, they're showing reruns. You know, I'm just not interested. <laughs> You know, it's funny though. I think this is a really funny rant coming from you because you have like the last 15 years of standard decks like together in like a box. So like, it just seems like you would, I mean, okay, maybe like it's a little more relevant for you to pull out a standard deck from 10 years ago or to pull out Jund in 10 years. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So I can kind of see that, but like you do, you know, hoard your standard decks and... I'm surprised that like and I mean and then also not to mention the fact that like fairies was probably one of your top three favorite decks of all time, right? That's true. So like the fact that like you can go and crush all of the best decks from the last four years with fairies, like I thought that would be something you'd be really excited to do. Like I'm looking forward to it. I've got fairies built and I plan on destroying everyone with it. Yeah. You you uh you might be right here. Uh, my opinion isn't based on card availability, obviously, right, uh, or even laziness, because the decks are literally still in their boxes <laughs> and sleeves. You know, it's not even like, oh, I got to go pull out those cards from, right. you know, like from like a pile of stuff or anything. It's not even that. It's just a lack of interest. Now, maybe if I were to grab my fairies deck and actually play, I might be like, yeah, uh, I remember playing with this, and this is a lot of fun, and my. My fear, though, is that after playing with it for a short amount of time, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm bored of this now because I did play it for two years while it was in standard and I remember it. It's it's like what happens to me when I go back to old video games 
Um, yeah. I've gone back and gone, you know, Final Fantasy 3 is one of my favorite games ever. I really miss that game. I want to play it. I'm going to go beat it again, and I'll play it for 45 minutes, and then I'll be like, well, I remember this game now. I've had my taste of nostalgia, and then I just don't go back to it. Like, I have every intention of going back, and I don't. And so right. um, almost the same thing with rereading certain books. Right. You know, like, this is a great book. I'm going to reread it. And you start, and then you're like, but there's this new book that just came out. And I'm distracted after reading 25 pages of, yeah. of the book I wanted to reread. I agree with you, know? you exa- 100%. Here's the thing. Like, with Extended, fortunately, you know, it's a short season, and you only need to be excited about the format long enough to win a PTQ. Right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> and, like, so if you can get yourself pumped up to play fairies for a day... Yeah, and then you go and play, and you win a PTQ, and then you, it served its purpose, and you win. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and like that's so, assuming I don't do any testing and get bored of it before the PTQ. But well, no, testing just, isn't testing is work. Testing isn't play. You know what I mean? I mean, it's all work if you're PTQing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's there's really there's really, I mean, yes. You know, there's a process to it, and if you enjoy the process, then you can have a very good time. I like. I like playing in PTQs. I like playtesting. I think those things are really fun, and I love like discovering new little things and discovering interactions and being prepared for those when I actually get time to actually put it to work, you know. Uh, but I've also, you know, of course, I also come from, you know, and you do too. In a way, we kind of come from a theater background where, like, you know, you practice and practice and practice for three months to uh, do four shows. <laughs> and right. then you never, and then you never touch it again. Yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of uh, um, you know how how that works, um, right? Uh, but, my- but but I enjoy that process. You know what I mean? I enjoy the discovery of that process. Um, now here's here's my problem with extended. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a smaller format. It's only four years. You know, it's not the seven year format that it was, um, which I love. I love the fact that it's four years and not seven years. Um, so we have uh, double the card pool of last year's standard environment plus a set, right? So we have all of these things. And people are just opening up their standard deck boxes that they were too lazy to de-sleeve and just playing those decks. I just feel like there is like such a horrific, inexcusable lack of innovation that yeah. it makes me want to puke. I mean, I want to play fairies because... I've wanted to play fairies since it was legal in extended. I mean, you remember like last yeah. summer I was like, or last whatever, maybe spring or something. I was like buying cards for fairies for extended right. because I wanted to play it. So I was kind of in the process for a while. It was something I had been thinking about. And the fact that fairies became three years more relevant, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. may, and the fact that it's the last year it's going to be in extended made me feel the necessity to, you know, to put it together because I did not have fairies built. It wasn't like I just pulled it out of a box. I didn't have it built, but Joe, um, literally for the entire time fairies was legal, just destroyed me, um, over and over again for the entire time that deck was legal. It just beat me to death. And, um, I frankly felt like it was my turn. (laughs) <laughs> it's my turn to win with fairies. I'm tired of losing to fairies. So, like, I was like, man, I get a chance to actually play fairies and beat people with it. That 
some karma right there. You know what I mean? Like, that's exciting to me. Like, I remember just going to standard tournaments and having uh, having Paul Lynch, like, beat me with fairies. And I'm like, oh, that was fun. I got beat by fairies again. So now I want to beat people with fairies. And I want to beat Jund players with fairies. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that man. is that is awesome. That's like, that a is whole like, other thing. It's like, you know, we just had Jund rotate, and here it is, and extended. It's exciting. I can't wait. Like, I can't wait to beat people with with fairies. Um, um, like, where is the innovation, though? That's that's what I meant. That, let's get back no, to it. Exactly. Where where um, is the innovation? And I, and I and I think that this is like one of my major complaints. I think I've said this so many times on this podcast. You know. Mm-hmm. Where is the innovation? Where where are all the new decks? Where are all the like? Where's all the hot new tech? H a w t u t e k. Where is it all? You know, it, we need it. Like it's just ridiculous. Come on, I mean Conley's Conley's trying. You know, right. good for Conley. Conley. There's, looking at some of the uh, there, there was actually a PTQ on Magic Online on January second, and we have the deck lists for the uh, the top. 25, or actually we have the top 32, um, and it is a pretty diverse metagame, but again, there's fairies, mythic conscription, jund, uh, fairies again, fairies again, blue-white control, red deck wins, elves, black-white tokens, jund, fairies, jund, fairies, you know, like, going down the list, fairies, fairies, like, uh, there's a lot of those, cool control, um, so it's diverse, but a lot of the same decks are in there, too, um, it's a diverse, unoriginal format. Yeah, it's strange. It's like it's diverse, but these are all decks that we've seen before. And um, black, white tokens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really. Right. I mean, but you know, there are some interesting decks in here. Uh, Splinter, red, blue, green, which is you know a rug deck, but it's got the Splinter Twin Pestermite combo in there. Uh, looks looks pretty interesting. I mean, it's got Bloodbraid Elf and Lotus Cobra. Um, and Noble Hierarch, a Worm Coil Engine, some Cryptic Commands, Lightning Bolts, two Vendillion Clicks, um, four Jace the Mind Sculptor, four Preordain. So, I mean, that's an interesting list. That's, that's right. somewhat interesting. I mean, uh, arguably interesting. Ooze Combo, you know, Conley's deck. Um, a deck that's been going by the name Wargate, which is really just Valakut, but, I mean, it's a Valakut strategy. Plays. Yeah, War- Valakut with bad cards. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If it's winning, maybe they're not so bad. But essentially, it, Wargate, if you guys don't remember, is from uh, Shards – or it's actually from Alara Reborn. It was you from, shouldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's Bant Colors plus X. So it's blue, white, green, X. Search your library for a permanent card with converted mana cost X or less. Put it into play, then shuffle your library. So it can tutor up lands or it can tutor up something else like a prismatic omen which is also going in the deck is from Shadowmore. it's a green and one enchantment uh lands you control are every basic land type in addition to their other types so essentially it's going with valakit prismatic omen to to win but essentially right. it's a valakit deck with a couple of bad other cards changes, <laughs> changes to strategy yeah cards that were bad when they were in but, standard but certainly yeah. actually could be relevant and that's that's interesting to me but it, it's a valakit deck um they're they're trying though, and I, I mean I appreciate exactly, yeah. I appreciate the innovation there. I mean the prismatic omen, you know, Valakut is an interesting combo. Uh, Wargate makes it interesting, but overall I just feel like they're bad cards. <laughs> yeah, um, there's, there's an update to affinity, like an evolution of an affinity strategy. Now I think people are like, it's not affinity, so don't call it affinity. But I mean it's an artifact creature based strategy. 
it's called Steel Artifact in this particular uh, deck list. Um, but it's it's a bunch of artifact creatures. Court Homunculus, Master of Ethereum, Memnite Ornithopter, Steel Overseer, Tide Hollow Sculler. So a bunch of artifact creatures. Four Ranger of Eos, um, some Springleaf Drums and Thopter Foundries, Tempered Steel to boost all the creatures. Um, and it's got like two Duress, two Inquisition of Kozilek, three Mox Opal, which is great in this deck. So it's an uh, artifact creature aggro strategy, which is pretty much what Affinity was. So it's it's a, a evolution of Affinity is the best way to describe it, in my opinion. Um, and that's pretty interesting. Um, there's a green-white trap deck, which is a little different, but uh, it's got like Baneslayers, Birds of Paradise, Knight of the Reliquary, Lotus Cobra, Primeval Titan, Nest Invader, Noble Hierarch, Four Summoning Trap, Four Emrakul. So it's kind of like a... It's it's all creatures and summoning traps, um, and the creatures help ramp the strategy. Primeval Titan gets you lands. Lotus Cobra, you know, gives you mana for it. Knight of the Reliquary gets you lands. So it's like a creature based ramp deck with four summoning traps. So um, that's something a little different. Um, I kind of like the looks of the blue white control lists. Um, they kind of. Not that they're anything groundbreaking, but they all seem to be really heavily featuring Sun Titan with, like, Kitchen Finks. Um, so, like, the list I'm looking at now has a Ratchet Bomb, four Kitchen Finks, four Sun Titan, four Wall of Omens, two Oblivion Ring, four Spreading Seas, which is pretty good and extended. Um, there's a lot of non-basics, and, um, you know, as you were saying before about how you were thinking about running it in a sideboard in Fairies, uh, the only drawback to using spreading seas and extended is that there seem to be a lot of good blue based decks so you're not you're not going to hurt people as badly as you would in a format where the majority of the decks weren't blue based but we've got blue white control fairies cruel control um mythic conscription i mean all these decks can actually make use of the blue mana um but it, you know it's it's got cryptic commands and mana leaks and path to exile and uh, two of each Jace. So, I mean, this this deck is actually something that has me a little more excited to play something in Extended because it's blue-white control and it's kind of... It's able to reach back and grab some all-stars from the previous standard like Cryptic Command um, and Kitchen Finks and Vendillion Click. So those are pretty exciting to me. Cruel Control, as Patrick Chapin mentioned, has been uh, toying with Worm Coil Engine and that's pretty cool. Um, being able to to cruel ultimatum and grab a worm coil engine after you've got you know uh, six power worth of tokens on the battlefield that's pretty neat so um but but essentially it's a cruel control deck with worm coil engine and this particular version plays sunblast angel and jace the mind sculptor but is it really all that different i mean it's got preordain in it too but it's really not that much different than a typical cruel control deck and that's why i'm i'm just not as excited just to be able to play worm coil engine in my five color control deck so yeah that's that's about it for extended at the moment hopefully we'll we'll have some more uh innovative deck lists to mention at some point pretty soon because we do have this extended ptq season coming up and uh you know last season jerry thompson created the thopter foundry sword of the meek combo with dark depths and that deck you know that was not a standard deck at all Mm -mm. and uh you know it became 
very dominant in the format. So maybe we'll see something like that, although hopefully not as dominant. No, hopefully not. <laughs> Please. So let's move on to a couple of things here. Just at the end, we've got uh, those of you who listened to episode 50 last week heard Patrick Chapin's track with Bill Bolden, a.k.a. Spruik, also known as The Gathering. Um, they are working on a music project together. Um, if you liked our intro music, uh, Bill Bolden is actually providing us with our official theme music. So we're going to be using some of the Gathering tracks for the official music of Yo! MTG Taps from now on. So we're really excited to have some magic-themed music that's really good. Yeah. So shout-out to Bill. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes to his site, um, and we'll, those will be in, in every episode, uh, considering he's providing the music for every episode. So we'll be using some different stuff, um, but all, uh, all tracks from Bill. Um, upcoming events. Star City Games Kansas City Open Series is coming up January 8th and 9th. That's this weekend. The first uh, tournament to feature uh, SCG Live. That's correct. And the commentators for that one are Adrian Sullivan and Jacob Van Lunen. And then next weekend, we've got Star City Games Open Series San Jose, January 15th and 16th. I'll be there with Gavin Bearhay to do the SCG Live commentary. Um, and then uh, the weekend after that is Grand Prix Atlanta, which is extended. Maybe we'll see some innovation there. Got it. I hope, hope so. so, yeah. Um, and the weekend after that is the Mirrodin Besieged pre-release, January 29th and 30th. So we've got uh, some packed weekends coming up. And we do have, on the 17th, I believe, uh, which is next Monday, the Mirrodin Besieged previews begin on the Mothership. Uh, I believe we're going to get some more uh, cards kind of trickling in before then. But as far as I know, that is the official start date of the previews. So we can look forward to that. And uh, those of you who uh, who keep up with our website, IWantMyMTG.com, um, we have our friend Noyan who writes a column on there called Spreading Cheese, um, which is kind of a deck-building column. Sometimes he talks standard. Sometimes he talks legacy. He wrote an article just before the holidays about his experiences growing up in Turkey and playing Magic. And these cards weren't so available. And um, I, I really liked it. It was kind of a... a kind of nostalgic article and mm-hmm. it was really interesting to see the uh, the point of view of somebody outside of the United States trying to play this game yeah it was all I loved it I thought it was really good yeah it was, it's actually I think it's my favorite of his his uh, articles on our site so uh, check that out and I believe that's just a part one I, uh, I assume he is going to continue it I haven't received his uh, his next article yet but it'll be up as soon as I get it so um, that's something to look out for. Um, wanted to shout out to Willie G. Myprez on Twitter who uh, gave me some feedback. We always appreciate some, some feedback, even negative feedback. If, uh, if you have an opinion on the show, send it to us at yoMTGtaps at gmail.com or tweet it at us uh, at yoMTGtaps. We, we do appreciate any kind of feedback that you want to give us. Um, I wanted to thank uh, my, my girlfriend's cousin Cruz who gave me his magic collection and... Uh, there was a survival of the fittest in there, ironically, five days after it was banned. <laughs> but uh, but I do appreciate the uh, you know the thought. Everybody should uh, check out the new look of QuietSpeculation.com. I know that launched on January 1st. And uh, be sure to keep up with us on SCG Live, coming up in the next few weeks. Hell yes. Thanks for listening. We are Yo! MTG Taps. 
Stop bitching, start brewing. MTG Taps is available every Friday on StarCityGames.com. Visit our website, IWantMyMTG.com, for past episodes, t-shirts, free stickers, and more. You can contact us at YoMTGTaps at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at YoMTGTaps. Taps.